recording on there. Dude, you have to shave. What is going on over there? <laughs> He's looking like Wolverine out here. Ain't nothing serious. Ain't nothing serious. You, right out? you should. It'll look good. Um, doesn't like grow much longer than this. I mean, you should give it time. Your type of thing. Okay. Enough of that. All right. All right. All right. Another, 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 another. So we're back for the first time in two weeks. Took last yeah. week off because of some scheduling Special conflict this week. Special episode. A lot of, lot of storylines. A lot of shit to discuss. Uh, yeah. We can uh, jump right in. I'm just going to, how are you doing? You doing good? Um, yeah, I'm okay. You know, finals week coming up. I've had some stuff to deal with with classes and whatnot. Uh, big week for me. For sure. Yeah, that's about it. Um, hanging in there. Yeah. Been doing pretty well, actually, at the moment. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, dude, today was a tough one. Today was a grinder at work, 6 to 11. So out of bed at 4.50, showered. And, uh, Spanish midterm, both oral and written. Nice. Then three hours of homework in the library. 6 p.m. class yeah, library right now. Oh, right. That's your home base. All right. Enough of all that. Uh, we can jump into our little personal segment. Uh, got my protein shake over here. Um, what was your most fun moment as an athlete or your okay. most fun experience as an athlete? Um, this was in a meet that I was not wrestling at. I, I think you had just graduated high school, but you may have been with me. So we had not or we not clinched conference yet, and I don't think we clinched conference against this meet, but it was sophomore year, right. a very close duel, and uh, came down to the heavyweight match. We got Colin Old Chapman going up against some big white dude, hits his signature move, the, yeah. the, old, the old Fatman trip. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. Uh, yeah, Pins the guy. Yeah. yeah. Jim went crazy. Um, great moment for sure. Yeah. I think definitely my most fun moment as a an athlete, and I think a lot of people. Well, I, you know, I have two. I guess uh, placing at national duels with uh, NYU was really cool. Uh, a lot of cool moments. Scotty Dupont saving the duel after breaking his foot and only giving up a regular decision to eventual national champ Cody Baldridge was pretty cool. Wrestling. Were you at that main thousand meter now? Uh no, but I I saw it. I know what happened. Um, and then my junior year, or in between my junior and senior high school, New Orleans. Uh, taking a team of uh, Evanston kids with only two state qualifiers and uh, placing in a national tournament, going seven and one, some of the best wrestling I've really ever done in my life. So that was pretty cool. And just the food, so good, the atmosphere. So a winter wrestling for fun, it just makes everything so much easier, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a double recap episode because we missed last week. It's the first time in the history of our show we've actually missed a card. So we're going to have to do a little scramble in here uh, to make sure we stay under an hour and a half, which I'd like to because I'm hungry. Uh, but all right, so we can go all the way back to what feels like a hundred years ago, two weeks ago, uh, for Jamal Hill, who's a goddamn savage. He's a yeah, savage. You know, if you guys recall the picks, I picked Jamal Hill by first round stoppage, first round KO at I think plus five hundred. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. My units on that, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you had, a, you had a you had a ten unit week just like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> You could call me lucky or I mean uh, more just educated because it's what we all knew was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Still, still. No, me and you, me and you, we broke this down, and I think we had a really, really good thought about what Jamal Hill was and what Johnny Walker was at kind of this stage of the career. Yeah. Uh, I mean Johnny Walker looked like the, the car wash guy, right? Like it was it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Johnny Walker didn't look fine in the first moments of that fight. Like look okay. Jamal Hill just got like power, you know, in the, in the other world. 
puts guys away like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. What about Kyle Dawkins? I mean, you know, I think we all kind of knew how this was going to go generally. Uh, I, I picked him by first round sub. I saw the difference. I mean, it was a great kind of a beautiful Darsh choke setup. Um, got him right at the end of the round. Uh, you know, I, I feel for Jamie Pickett. I mean, if you're in Jamie Pickett's corner, you got to be screaming five seconds, three seconds. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so little time left in the round, right? Yeah, I'm going to get to another one of those moments later on. But I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, you as a cornerman, that, that's your mandate. You have to be telling your athlete where they're at. And I think I think there was a mistake. Uh, you know, if you're in a situation where you're not going to tap, you probably shouldn't tap. But like, you know, if there's 10 seconds left in the round, five seconds left for you, you can probably survive in that dark, you know. But anyway, you know, uh, and I want you to please uh, put some respect on Jim Miller's name. That's where I'm at with this. Yeah. Jim Miller looked great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we got the power. Pushing 40. And he's, yeah. he's finding this new vein of uh, knockouts. You know, he's the most yeah. wins now in UFC history or most fights. Um, I saw this really cool quote that I want to talk about. It's something here. I'll pull Jim it up real quick. Um, something about Jim Miller is like, yeah. let me find it. Guys uh, had 38 UFC fights and never missed weight. That's yeah. Cool. It's fear the old man in a sport where men die young. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool one. I'm a fan of the old man personally, just as a concept. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I've always been a huge Jim Miller fan. Uh, he grew up in what I believe where I like my golden era of watching like, <clears throat> like, like weight develop from like, uh, you know, uh, a division with a lot of ragtag contenders. So now it's without a doubt, the most stacked division in the sport. So yeah, uh, really cool to watch that going on. Did you have any other takeaways from that, uh, that card or not really? No, um, got some stuff to talk about on the next card though, for certain. Definitely. Definitely some big ones. Uh, I didn't actually get to see this whole card. It's the first card that I, I saw the Islam fight, saw a couple highlights from the other stuff, but unfortunately I didn't get to see all of this one. Uh, so I'm, like, fights, man. I, I'm sure I did. And I heard a lot about, uh, the coming event and Kashuera getting kind of a little interesting decision. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, did you have any other uh, headlines besides the... Uh, yeah, um, Armin Sirkin. Right, so Armin Sirkin, I didn't see that. Yeah, that album, um, crazy. Yeah, that guy's um, one to look out for in yeah. the UFC. I mean, in, like, could be, you know, a real contender at that weight class. His only loss inside the UFC is the Islam. Um, he has one more loss super early in his career to um, some random guy in a different... Yeah, I mean, but people but, think those losses are really on. Huh? People yeah. think losses like that are Yeah. In the, uh, the Gion Kim fight, is that the, Yeah, is against, that against Cashware. Yeah, against Cashware. Everyone yeah. was scoring that for Kim. Everyone. Yeah, and um, weird. You know, uh, Google is doing some wrong things. Actually, Google has Kim as the winner. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, her, her manager was on... Uh, contacting Ariel Hawani on the show. Her manager is actually someone we know, Danny Rubenstein. I don't know if you ever had the chance. Oh, to meet really? Him. Yeah, but uh, he uh, so he's actually doing a lot on the Hawani show. He actually broke some news that we're going to talk about later. But uh, he was on the you know talking about how uh, you know Kim obviously won that fight. Now she now because of that decision, she's lost three in a row, right? And now she could be on the chopping block. Yeah, this is so weird. I've never seen this. Like, in Google, literally has third round decision, Kim winner. Over Cashwero? Yeah, in Google. I don't know. I mean, she probably should have been, right? 
Yeah, I I mean I think so. I thought, she was winning, I thought she won the first two rounds. Third yeah. round was definitely Cachoeira, but one of the best women fights I've seen in a long time, really. I'll have to check it out. I, I still haven't gotten to catch it, but a lot of people said it was really good. Especially the third round, absolute madness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah, Armin Sirikian. Got to watch out for in the future for sure. And then the whole Islam thing is just making me like. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> to that. Later, though. We'll we're going to talk about that later, but that's just so crazy to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, humongous. I got, in, like, I got in a whole Instagram comment arguing it with some dude about this. I mean, it's just some like what some McGregor nut hugger or what? no? He's just like we'll talk. We'll talk about it when we talk about Islam more. I mean, he was just like Islam only has whatever two wins over ranked opponents. I mean, bro, um, what he, like Hooker is like. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Put it like, on Poye. Like, that was, like, one of the closest yeah, fights in Poye's career. And Michael Chandler, like, got a title shot with a win over Hooker. But I understand that the Dan Hooker fight was on short notice. But it's, like, who else are you going to give the fight to? Yeah, there's nobody. Like, I mean, besides. Either uh, him or Darius. All the other top five guys are coming off a loss. You can't give somebody a title shot coming off a loss. Unless their name, unless their initials are CM. But we can talk about that later. Who? Connor, unless oh yeah, but still, he, there's no chance they give. I mean, they could like so. So here, all right, we're, we're gonna get into this whole thing later. But Dana did some media saying some stuff that you're not gonna like. That's all so right, ridiculous. I mean, I saw Connor tweeting about it. But. All right, you, we're we have a whole conversation about this. All right, okay. UFC 272, a huge card incoming. Uh, so it's a pay per view. We're gonna do a main card plus two fights. We're gonna go into some detail here. Uh, make some picks. First fight, a uh, huge fight at women's strawweight. Marina Rodriguez versus Yan Chonan. Who are you taking there? Um, yeah, like I was saying, like you were saying, super um, big fight. Actually, both of these people are big prospects in the division. Um, yeah. you know, fighters that we could be looking at all fighting for the title in the near future for sure. As both of these, um, both of their losses, only losses in the UFC, are to Carlos Esparza. Yeah. Um, one of them by stoppage, one of them by decision. But I'm taking the Yan, Rodriguez fights. I'm taking Yan Xiaonan really? in this fight. She has the better wins, in my opinion. She has wins over Carolina Kovalevich and Claudia Gajelia, which are both huge wins. So those wins would have meant a lot more to me a little bit ago. I personally think that both of those names are kind of washed up. Uh, versus Marina Rodriguez, who just had a dominating performance over Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a huge name. And honestly, I, I was in the camp of the people who thought she won the Dern fight. Or uh, the Esparza fight, sorry. It's a real close fight. Um, but, yeah, Marina's just a grinder. She's really good jiu-jitsu. Um, really nice hands uh, standing the outside. Taking her by decision. Gritty decision, but uh, win by decision. Yeah, certainly a fight that uh, has title implications. Definitely, especially at 15. Like, there's, uh, you know, a lot of them coming talent at 15. All right, lightweight. Not lightweight. Jalen Turner and Jamie Morkey. Jalen Turner is a lightweight. That's what I have here. Is that Are you sure? Because that dude is freaking huge. <laughs> That's what I have here. I have I have a lightweight fight. Yeah, hang on. You sure. Google it. I, I have it as lightweight. He is a lightweight. That dude is he's okay. Jalen Turner is 6'3. <laughs> I mean, um, are you picking him? I am. You know, <laughs> both these guys are kind of like I mean, all right, um, pretty mediocre fighters uh, early in their career still. Jalen Turner is Super lengthy, yeah. Obviously, I thought like looking at his like highlights and stuff. I hadn't seen him in the past, but I thought this guy was like an eighty-five pounder. Honestly, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's he's six-three, the tallest lightweight on the roster, probably. Right? Got to be up there. I mean, there are some tall guys, but yeah, he's got to be up there. Um, yeah. 
So I'm thinking, yeah, he can win by decision. Yeah, so these, in my opinion, are two very similar fighters. Again, like you said, both relatively early in their career. Um, but they're both finishers. They love to scrap. Uh, Jalen has shown to maybe have a little bit better jujitsu with the length. Uh, Jamie likes to stand and bang. Uh, I actually see this as being a really good fight. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's a very interesting stylistic matchup with the length of uh, Turner versus the hands of Malarkey. Um, But I, I see this as Turner by KO uh, and a wild one. I see a lot, a lot of standing and banging. It's a sleeper card. I mean, Turner's on a three-fight win streak right now. He has yeah. two losses in the UFC, one of them to Vincente Luque. Yeah, and I believe he took it on He took it on short notice of a weight class to fill a spot. So, yeah. That's um, why I thought it was a higher weight, honestly, because I saw Vincente Luque. For sure. All right. Uh, heavyweight opener that might not last very long. <laughs> to me, um, this is kind of a per- perfect matchup for Greg Hardy. It is. This is exactly I hate it because I love to see Greg Hardy lose. but Yeah, this is – Type of guy that Greg Hardy uh, can knock out quickly without like doing much. Um, he's losses to Walt Harris early in the fight. He kind of has a bunch of early KOs. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, you know, Greg Hardy's gonna win by first round knockout. Just a you know what I really think he's winning by first round knockout though is all those dirty clothes in the back. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Get that in there. My camera must have. Uh... <laughs> I didn't do laundry. I was supposed to do laundry today. Um, so preview for my bets later. Uh, Greg Hardy by under by knockout in under two and a half minutes is plus five hundred, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy to me. I bet I did not see that. Like I, I love that bet. I mean, it's a tailor made uh, money line for Greg Hardy. You know, I, I really think that he's. Uh, this is the type of fight he wins. He said this week that on Monday he was two hundred ninety five pounds. So yeah, that's so win. ridiculous. Like he's like, I do it every fight. Like, why? Like, <laughs> well, he's a big boy, you know, he's a big man. And he's not like fat, really. No, no. Yeah, he's he's in shape. So I he's a tailor-made fight for him. I think it's a yeah, first round knockout for Rick Hardy. All right. Uh 170 here. Uh the middleweight debut or return to the UFC debut at middleweight for Kevin Holland. It's 185 then, right? Not 170. 170, yeah. You said 170, but that's welterweight. You just said middleweight. No, no. So it's a yeah, welterweight debut. My apologies. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I think this is a great fight for Kevin Holland at this point in his career, honestly. Um, Alex Oliveira is a solid fighter, certainly. But yeah. um, this is exactly the type of guy Kevin Holland can be. And I think Kevin Holland will beat him by second round TKO. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think this is the perfect way to welcome Kevin to 170. Uh, Alex Oliveira, not a particularly big 70-pounder. And Kevin's going to have the length. He's going to have the hands. And, you know, the thing you say about Alex is he doesn't always win, but he has great fights. And I want to see Kevin in a fight where he can showcase the stuff he's been working on. So uh, I think not giving him a grappler after he's coming off the weight cut is a good idea. I think he has potential to do damage at 170. It's just going to be interesting to see how the whole thing unfolds. I agree. Uh, but, yeah, Holland, first or second round TKO. He wasn't a terribly small 185. Or no, he was pretty small. He's pretty small. He, he walked around 193, he said. Super excited for this next one. Super yeah, this, this is like, this is like your, your fight right here. This is the one that you've been looking, for, looking forward to forever. I mean, we haven't seen this guy fight in a long time. In, in over a year, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the most um, exciting New fighters and they're exciting young guys in the UFC. He needs his camo shorts. Bryce Mitchell, what do you think? You see? And then yeah, I saw. Adrian, he got his camo shorts. What do you think, though? It's, it's, it's uh, interesting. 
It's an interesting fight. It's an interesting style matchup. At this point in Barbosa's career, I'm not really sure if he can keep up with the tenacity that is the grappling of Mitchell. I don't necessarily see Mitchell getting a sub. Um, I mean, Barbosa's tough as nails. He's grizzled. He's a vet. He's strong as shit. Huge for 45, which is an interesting style matchup for uh, for Mitchell. But yeah, I mean, I honestly kind of see. I you know, I see Mitchell playing his half guard game, sweeping, getting on top, working twister, working for his you know tenth planet submissions, and uh, you know, kind of controlling the pace of this fight. He's gonna have to go through the fire to do it for sure. Uh, he's gonna get you know hurt probably. I mean, Edson hurts everyone he fights. Yeah, he's gonna have to watch out for at least like three spinning head kicks. Yeah, but uh, Edson Barros hurts everybody in that in every fight. Yeah, like, I'm taking uh, Mitchell here by decision. Okay, um, I do agree with the fact that you know Bryce Mitchell is gonna have to fight through the storm. The kicks of Edson Barros are still as dangerous as anybody in the game. He kicks so hard and so fast. But um, I see you know we've seen Edson Barbosa kind of get taken before yeah but i, I mean that was you look you look at edson like khabib did some there yeah um but i have uh bryce mitchell back there ground submission and i see where you're going with that but like i just I think he's gonna wear him down i think edson's just too tough i don't know i, I mean he got submitted by tony with the darts because he got there's a scramble but i mean that's really the only time he's been subbed right like khabib couldn't submit him like I don't know. I don't know if Khabib really tried, but it's an interesting fight. I, I think Mitchell's going to win. I, 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 it's going to answer a lot of questions after seeing him off for yeah, a year. Certainly. I mean, I also could see a world where, you know, Bryce Mitchell gets knocked out quick. Like that's Yeah, or just he gets a leg kick. He has a great first round and then takes a couple leg kicks and says, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the deep water. The body. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Edson Barbosa is very dangerous. Looking at those two guys, if you saw them walking down the street, Edson's definitely more terrifying. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a catchweight to lightweight uh, sort of uh, coming event. Uh, Rafael Lasagna is taking on a short notice in Moicano, who's coming off a win over Alexander Hernandez a couple weeks ago. Uh, what do you have going on here? Uh, good fight, for sure. Um, two scrappers, super well-rounded fighters. Both of these guys are some of the most well-rounded fighters in the game. Um, RDA kind of had that losing streak up at 70. Obviously, all quality fighters he's fighting against. Um, now he's back down at 55. He's fighting another quality fighter, coming off two wins in a row. I'm thinking, you know, Hanato Mikano can get this done. Um, all of Hanato Mikano's four losses in the U.S. or Overall, not even in the UFC, have all been like title challenger fighters. Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo, Chansung. Fiziev is a great fighter as well. So yeah. I'm thinking not to my kind of my decision. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think this is a fight where RDA kind of has to show if he's in that class still or not. The difference is, I think, you know, RDA in a full training camp, ready to make 155. I think it's a big deal. Uh, I like RDA at 155. I think that's where he belongs. Uh, I think he looked really good against Paul Felder. Uh, and I think it's the takedowns, wrestling, pressure. I think that's uh, what decides the fight. And the RDA is going to get the win by decision. Yeah. All right. Main event? Main event. Um, so everybody knows about this one. The bad blood matchup, old training partners, old best friends. Roommates. Yeah, Colby Covington from Springfield, Oregon, about 15 minutes away from my current location. Yeah. Versus Jorge Mazadal. 
I was, you know, up coming to this fight, I was like all saying Covington, there's no way Covington can lose. But I was like, really, like, as I was writing this, I was yeah, really I'm buying in, right? I'm buying in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, really, really helping me out a little bit. I did pick Covington, my decision, but I was super reluctant to. Yeah. I think there's certainly like a decent chance that Jorge Masvidal can land some big shots to knock him out. I mean, um, Jorge Masvidal is one of the most dangerous strikers in the game, and we saw him. We saw Colby get hurt by Usman multiple times, and I think if that happens, Jorge Masvidal is going to jump on him and finish him. So yeah, I think that there's a, uh, you know, like you said, like I was so close to picking Masvidal. I was Me so close. I was so close. Because like this whole week, I've been looking for a narrative that would support Masvidal winning, and I'm finding it. I'm finding that Masvidal went through. He said, "Look, in the early wrestling exchanges back when we wrestled back in the day, Colby used to keep the shit out of me, but." In the, la- in the years that went on, when I got bigger, when I got to 170, Colby was having to work hard for those takedowns. And then all of a sudden, he didn't want to wrestle me anymore because I was hard. And that's the thing. Like, I know what that's like. If you go with someone every fucking day, they- it starts to get really hard to take them down. Right? <laughs> Even if you're way better than them, if you wrestle someone every day for three years, it's really, really hard to take them down. They know all your moves. They know, all- they know everything. And they can specifically tailor themselves not to get taken down by you. So – if it's even competitive in the wrestling, I think that, you know, I mean, obviously Colby brings the violence on his feet, but I mean, the technical boxing conversation is not a conversation, right? Yeah. So I, I did pick Colby by decision, 48-47 grinder type of decision. He's going to get hurt. Uh, I'm rooting for Masvidal. Me too, absolutely. I don't but think it's, just, it's just like, it's difficult for me because I could totally see Colby just taking him down and holding him down for five rounds. Like, I totally see that happening. But you know what? Masvidal, Masvidal is a credentialed killer. He's a good dude in some aspects. And I, I, I'd i like to see him get the win. I think it's healthier for the division if he gets the win. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, our news of the week now. We got uh, actual some – we don't have very many stories, but all of these stories are big stories and stuff that we really need to get into. Uh, so first we're going to start with something that's potentially sensitive – and if uh, you, know, you guys don't really want to listen to it, skip ahead a couple minutes. It's understandable. Uh, very, very, very troubling news out of California this week as uh, Cain Velasquez has been booked for attempted murder uh, after he shot at the man who allegedly molested his child uh, over 100 times. Do you know if he hit the guy or no? No, he hit the guy's stepfather. Okay. So – hard to even come up with a reaction because it is just such a troubling situation but uh what are your initial thoughts on this um i was absolutely shocked i mean when i first heard the news i think as we all are i have a ton of respect for kane as a fighter and as a person before i mean um you know coming out of aka dc always talked super highly of him Um, i had never really heard any bad things about him I, i had a ton of respect for his fighting style as well one of my favorite guys to watch a heavyweight. I was super shocked. Um, yeah. I think when we all initially heard the news, we were kind of like, how could this happen? This is not the king we know. And then as stuff slowly starts to come out, you know, we understand it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't really know what else to say. It's a horrible situation. Yeah. Um, I heard something about Dana White saying like, you know, we all say we would do it if it happened to us. Like if somebody, you know, molested your child, Kane actually did it. 
Um, I wish, you know, he could have thought through it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, take it up with the court instead of taking it into his own hands. Um, just yeah. puts him in a place where, you know, now he is the one that has to deal with consequences when he could have dealt with it in other ways. Um, praying for him, obviously. Definitely. I have my thoughts a lot. And yeah. it's obviously very upsetting. Um, and, you know, the thing is, like, if you're Kane in that situation, maybe you track the guy down and beat him up or, you know, you sit, sit down with the guy and do what you're going to do, but you don't go firing bullets. Yeah, guns are answer. And, you know, you fire bullets and they just hit random people and now all of a sudden you're hurting people that have nothing to do with the situation. So, yeah. Uh, well, I don't, I, I don't want to say nothing because I don't know. But, yeah, the whole thing's just troubling. Um, I've always had a huge amount of respect for Kane. I think he's one of the best heavyweights of all time. DC always says that when Kane was champ, he never moved up to heavyweight and everyone wanted it, like everyone wanted to see how that fight would go. DC's like, I know how that fight would go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, I think it's uh, hard to have analysis of something like that. It's pretty difficult, a pretty nuanced subject. But uh, all we can do now is just wish Kane and his child uh, love and that they'll find solace in whatever happens. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we can go now to some more international news talking about the Michael Venom Page fight and yeah. the uh, Alexander Volkov fight versus Tom Aspinall. Those fights are in trouble due to the trauma that's happening in Russia and the Ukraine. This is obviously a big global news story. Uh, but what, what is your initial reaction to these fights potentially being in trouble? Uh, yeah, so like we can keep on the bad news for one more story until we get to the good stuff. Yeah, because we do really have a good, one real good news thing <laughs> Um, But uh, yeah, Amosov, I know I didn't see anything about the Tom Aspinall and Volkov fight, but obviously with Volkov being Russian, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know if um, there's something about him joining the military or whatnot, or if it's just like a national you know, security thing. Or what? But I know uh, what the issue is is that England has not is not allowing Russian nationals to uh, enter the country for sport. They're not granting visas at the moment. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah. Um. And I know Amosov. Um. He is Ukrainian. Uh, one of the best fighters in Bellator right now. He's Ukrainian. I think he is going or is currently fighting in the war against Russia along with, uh, I'm surprised we don't have this on the, on the news as well, um, the Klitschko brothers. Right. That's a big and one. I think there was one other ex-boxing champion. Oh, no, it's actually Usyk is, is joining the army just now. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah the so, uh, yeah, so that's a you know very troubling story as well. Um. I'd love to see the MVP versus Amosov fight. I've you know been looking forward to that one for a while. I really and, have been so excited for Volkov versus Aspinall. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I mean, maybe they should just move it to the U.S. I don't know. Absolutely. I think they should. I mean, Dana uh, moved a card on like 12 hours notice because of John Jones' picograms one right. time. Right. I remember that. So I don't think there should be any problem finding a uh, like um, yeah. an arena. Well, what I what they could do is they could just bump up Dan Hooker to the main event, and then they'll move that fight elsewhere. But I don't who's know. Dan Hooker booked to fight? Arnold Allen. 
That's a good fight for Dan Hooker. At, four, at 45. Yeah, it's interesting. Dan Hooker's yeah. so big to make 45. He, he, so he right now weighs 162 pounds and he has 4.9% body fat. Yeah, he's like 6'2, isn't he? He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's not a small 55. No, not at all. He's a tall, lean okay. 55. All right. Okay. Uh, and so we have two fights to announce. I only added one here to our script, but you're getting a live reaction to one of them now. So the Burns versus Shamaya fight finally made official by Dana White. And then also late last night, I recorded some breaking news of uh, Talia Santos versus Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, just about made official okay. for UFC 274. Talia Santos, obviously, uh, you know, you're missing that one, Talia Santos. She's coming off yeah. some real big wins. She just oh, beat Joanne Calderwood. Just beat uh, Roxanne Montefiore. Had like a lot of uh, crazy knockouts early. You were actually a really big fan of Talia Santos. Uh, and her power. So um, refreshing challenge at 25. I actually, I've been looking at Talia for a while as someone who could potentially push Valentina. I don't think, know about beat her, but push her. Um, and Burns versus Shemaya, what we've been talking about since episode one of this show. Yeah, literally since episode one. Yeah, now we're on episode eight, spanning like nine weeks, weeks right? No, much weeks, more than nine. that because we took the break during COVID. So probably like 13 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> And we're finally getting this fight as official for April 9th. Yeah. Um, exciting stuff. Day after my birthday, I'm actually going to be in Canada on that day. You're going to Canada? Yeah. With who? We have a, a formal. Oh, that's cool. Canada, yeah. I'll be turning 19. All right. We'll get to see um, some birds Shamaya action. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So those are two big fight announcements. Um, looking forward to seeing both of those fights. Now we can talk about another depressing story. <laughs> uh, I'll let you vent first on the Islam situation. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand Dana White's whole thinking on this. Like, you're going to – this guy is 10-fight winning streak. And how, like – so, depending on what happens this weekend, right? So, I mean – a lot of people are thinking that Charles Oliveira is going to win. And I think the only really the main reason people are, I think it's going to be like a very closely contested fight. And I can certainly see Justin Gaethje winning that fight. The only pe- reason that people are really wanting uh, Charles Oliveira to win is because they want to see the grappling between, you know, yeah. Islam and Charles. That's like one of the most compelling grappling matchups of all time, or maybe the most compelling grappling matchup of all time. And like I was saying in the top five in the UFC, um, you got three guys, you got Justin Gaethje, uh, two guys coming off losses, and then you have Islam and Benio Dariush. And so Dariush just pulled out of this fight. Um, He's got a broken leg, too. Yeah, I think it was a broken ankle, actually. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Islam is healthy right now, ready to go. And I don't see why they have to rebook this fight before, you know, you're putting risk of it getting canceled again. You're just prolonging the inevitable if you ask me and here's the thing too that the ufc like this is a low low story but the ufc is uh is going to abu dhabi in october and that would just be so perfect you know? yeah i just don't understand have islam, to islam fight the winner of uh, gage Oliveira in abu dhabi is the main event that would fucking blow out pay-per-view records yeah i, I agree completely um the, like this i was again I, I was talking about instagram comment arguments i was like you know islam versus charles Oliveira is a huge pay-per-view seller too like yeah. you know you have like the whole khabib's protege storyline and you also have you know it's a fight for the real fans also 
one of the best grappling matchups we've ever seen in the history of the sport. He's yeah. like, okay, by that matchup, just give the title shot to Conor McGregor because he'll sell more pay-per-views than anybody. Like, I'm just like, dude, I mean, Conor McGregor is coming off for two losses and he, hasn't like won a fight since yeah. Cowboy Cerrone. Bro, you, you can't waste your time stooping down to these people's levels, bro. <laughs> like, I seem pretty educated. He was like, I think Benny L has just as my just as much of a right to fight for the title next as Islam does. I was like, dude, he took, he took a split decision like, over Carlos Diego Fajera. Like, yeah. what? And, and you know, like he just has a broken ankle. He just pulled out of a fight. How are you gonna like reward that with a title shot? I think you should give Benil the loser of Oliveira and uh, Gagey, and then yeah. um, have uh, the winner, Makachev, go to the winner. That's what I think. Yeah, I had one more thing to say. I can't remember. You go. Maybe I'll remember it. Oh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I just think that, like, you know, Dana, like, fear-mongering with his logic doesn't make any sense. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, also – Like, why, like Dana, why, why do we need to see the RDA fight? There's no reason. Exactly. And you're going to punish the guy for not taking a fight when he Six days just notice. the last week? Six days notice. Yeah. Like, what? Like, he had no – he has no reason to take this fight. And he, Dana had offered him the title shot. And they said, oh, because you didn't take that fight. Nope. No, no, no. On six days, has anybody ever fought on back-to-back cards? Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, ha- it, it, it's happened. Like, Chumayev did it. But six days notice, like, this this actual time frame would have been the quickest turnaround ever. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. I don't understand. I don't know. Uh, I hope Dana's just bluffing. Honestly. I think he is. I think he is. Me too. I mean, it doesn't seem, like, realistic. But yeah. it seems like the similar thing that he did with Leon Edwards. Yeah. Like he's just trying to push Leon into making hardball. Him yeah, playing hardball. Playing That's hardball. Okay. Kayla Harrison chirping at Cyborg. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, keep that. Keep it going. Keep the yeah. ball rolling. All right. We're going to revisit our rankings. Uh, this is something that we've been meaning to do for a little bit, but our Izzy and Charlie Fiction segment, we went through our men's weight classes really quickly at the beginning, not realizing that there are not that many men's weight classes. And now we're uh, several weeks later, the landscape of the sport has changed a lot, and uh, we're going to go back and uh, revisit our rankings. So, 135. I definitely have some eyes from the first time also, even in divisions where there was not uh, too much, where there was not, these guys didn't fight. But, yeah, um, we're starting at 135. Yep, who's in your five spot? Guy who fought recently, took a, a tough loss to a guy who I have ranked pretty high on this list, higher than I did last time. Great fighter, great boxing, Rob Font. Okay. Uh, number f- five here, I have a guy who's shown some, uh, my HM, I have HM Dominic Cruz. Um, I have HM Rob Dashvali. <laughs> my, my number five is Rob Dashvali. <laughs> Just a really good wrestling, uh, really, uh, you know, showing that he has a crazy heart and, uh, yeah. All right. Number four. Um, a little bit, a little bit annoying here. I think I may have this guy ranked number two last time. Um, you know the way I see it, he hasn't fought in so long, and there's so much has happened in the division since then. Even though he does have a win over one of the guys who I have ranked higher than him here, um, and he is the technical champion of the division. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I just, you know, it's the activity levels, and um. Like, I mean, he does have quality wins, certainly, but it's just like a lot of these guys, you know, um, he's never fought them, and I really just see them as kind of more talented fighters in their own right. Number four, Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. 
yeah i'm starting to realize that my list is somewhat falling apart but it's uh it's okay i was tired when i made this list but uh in my number four spot i have uh corey sandigan okay my number three spot i have corey sandigan yeah i do not have tj dillashaw in my top five which is a joke <laughs> i don't have tj dillashaw on my list either really nope so we both choked a little bit I figure he's probably in the top. I mean, he beats San Diego, right? He's probably at five. Other than right, actually, I'll replace Rob Font with TJ. Never mind. Yeah, I maybe I'll, I'll slide TJ to my HM spot. But uh, I'll put TJ at five. Yeah, my number three spot is Sterling. You're just talking. Okay. Gabriel Hall Tribe on him. Uh, all right. I think we two, both we probably have the same number two and number one. Aldo Young. Yep, number two Aldo, number one Cutter Young. And why? Why did you change up and move Aldo up your list? Um. Just gave it some more thought, you know. Uh, Rob Pond's a great fighter. That was, like, a huge win. Um, yeah. And, I, I mean, I just look at the fight he had with Jan where he took him on. He, he, I feel like he yeah, fought Jan better than one of those guys. Yeah, closer than anybody else, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the right list. Other than – I think TJ at five, Aldo at four, Corey at three, Aldo at two, and Pedrian at one is the right list, if you're yeah. asking. I, I can go with that. All right. Uh, 185. Number five. I mean, this list, um, not too straying too far from the rankings here. I got a couple maybe that are a little different. This guy's ranked a little bit higher on the rankings, I believe. And on the UFC rankings, I believe that number four next to their name or something on the rankings. Might want to check that out, UFC. Uh, number five, though, the Italian dream, Marvin Tori. Yeah. Uh, number five for me, uh, I went with the – Man, who we just saw fight last weekend, probably getting a title shot next. Jerry Cannonier. That's your five. You are smoking. <laughs> All right, number four. Number I four. I went with Vittoria in my four spot. Number four, saw this guy fight real recently too. Um, even though I don't think it was his best performance, he still looked good. Crazy guy. Um, great pressure fighter. Doesn't hit too hard, but he puts the combos together. Sean Strickland. I have Strickland in my three spot. Okay. You want to show a little more enthusiasm, give a little more introduction. Um, my three spot, the guy that you had ranked far too low on the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of the most powerful punchers in the history of the division, Jerry Cannonier. Yeah. I, I could see that, but I just don't know. Like, I think Brunt's like, he's getting all these favorable matchups and he's landing big punches, but eh. he certainly fought Rob like pretty close, though. You know, yeah. he almost stopped. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, and then yeah, one two is obvious. Really, I thought I don't. You still have Adesanya at one. Yeah, I have Adesanya at one because he won the fight. I mean, he got his hand raised, right? And it, it, I, I, I thought Rob won, but like you know, like that the, the sport's gonna move on, right? Yeah, I thought it was a robbery, but at the end of the day, one guy got their hand raised, so. Okay, we can move on. I think we got an interesting weight class. The next 205 is different. 205 is different. Yeah. All right. Uh, Number five. Number five. um, I think we possibly have the same guy here. Fought last weekend. Um, It may be jumping him up a little too far. You got him higher on your list, really. Uh, I think, you know, number five is certainly jumping, giving him um, the benefit of the doubt. You know, he hasn't proved himself against the top guys yet, but number five, Jamal Hill. I'm all on the Jamal Hill hype train. You won't see me talking about him for a little bit. <laughs> all right. Number five, I have a real season vet kind of coming into his own in division, Anthony Smith. Okay. 
Number four, all foreign champion, only man to ever beat Israel Adesanya in the octagon, Polish power, Jan Blasiewicz. Yeah, number four, I have the man who uh, last beat Anthony Smith, uh, really good wrestler, really good hands. Didn't include him on my list last time because he's really boring, uh, but Alexander Rakic. Okay, I actually don't have Rakic. I think I had Rakic like three on my list last time or something, yeah. but I don't have him on my list. I didn't have him on my list last time. Because he's boring. On number three, I got a guy that's ranked pretty low right now because he doesn't have too many quality wins, but he actually in the OC. I'm not sure if this guy's on your list or not. The loss was with one second left in the fight, tapped to a triangle in a fight that he was dominating against Paul Craig. Um, is his only loss in his career, Magomed Ankalaev. True. Yeah, Ankalaev's pretty good. Um, I don't have him on my list because of that loss. But I mean, dude, Paul Craig's a showstopper because he is the only uh, loss on my list for, for my number three guy, Jamal Hill. I'm all on the train. Send me to the fucking station. I'm all on the train. Like, honestly, bro, like the way he fought, I'm all on the train. You know, I think, I think, uh, Hilbert, well, no, they're doing Ankalaya versus Santos next. But I think you give Hill the winner of that fight or Anthony Smith. Those are both good fights. Certainly. And um, we have the same, we have the same one too as last time, probably, right? Yeah, number two, Glover, number one, Yuri. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Moving on to heavyweight. Definitely different than last time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll start with my number five. I was kind of hesitant to put this guy in the list, even though, you know, he just had a huge win. And oh, come on. Ranked third in the rankings right now. But I just really didn't want to put this guy on the list because he's not, like, truly a, a well-rounded fighter, and I don't see him ever being able to compete for the title, really. Big Shui Vasa. Um, yeah, Big Shui Vasa, my number five. So I have Big Shui Vasa in my four spot. Okay. Uh, and because, you know, honestly, if I, if I saw him my number five winning, I'd probably pick my number five to win the fight. But I'm just riding the Shui Vasa train. I'm happy that he's there. Uh, I went Tom Aspen all in my five spots. Okay. So your four? My number four, Tom Aspen all. Okay. And yeah, I could, I could easily flip those around. And I, I think I had Tom on my in my five, um, the first time we did this round. I believe you actually had him on your fourth, the same spot, and you had Curtis Blades in your five. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I got I don't know. my three spot this time. I don't even have Curtis Blades on my list. Really? Who do you have yeah. on your three? Uh, Cyril Gon. You still have John Jones as number one. I guess it's such horseshit. I do Dude, not. John have Jones, one. until he loses, is my number one heavyweight. <laughs> if he ever fights again, ever, I think he'll fight. I don't think so. Okay, so number two. Yeah. Go my number two, Cyril Gaon, my number one, Francis. Yeah, Francis is in my two spot. In Until Cyril. John Jones loses, I won't, or he formally retires, I won't take him off my list. You can't do it. All right. Okay. Uh, we've been flying through this, but uh, we're going to get some energy back here with a particularly funny uh, incoming uh, top five. We have two top fives. Uh, both are actually pretty funny, I think. But we can start with uh, the little more serious, funny one. Uh, the top five biggest tanked careers. Yeah, interesting list here. Uh, a lot of so what, how I took this is kind of like guys that you know had good careers and kind of at the end of it. I don't know if you took it the same way at the end of it. Dropped. Well, I took it similar to you. Yeah, took a bunch of losses in a row. Uh, kind of tarnished their legacies a little bit. In my number five. We got a guy who's currently fighting, um, somebody who you say, you know, was the best bantamweight of all time on that one night. 
Um, I don't know if he's in your number five spot too. Maybe by the way you're looking, he's somewhere on your list. On your list, but number five, Cody Gallagher. And I, I consider that, but you know, he's only on a three-point losing streak. It's not that crazy. Four, even. All right. Uh, number five, I actually have Johnny Walker. Uh, I think we've you know seen Johnny Walker get to the highest of the highs in terms of hype, and just honestly had a lot of you know subpar performances since he moved out to SBG Ireland. Okay. Um, number four, I got an old guy, old guy, probably not on your list. Um, kind of a weird pick. Was great outside of the UFC, fought in pride a bunch. And when he got into the UFC, he lost, like, I think he might have been like two and six. Talking about Krokop? No, 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 no. Um, and I know, I mean, I can find exactly, you know, let me look into this real quick. Well, now, no, guess again, Asian fighter. Yeah, uh, hey, no idea. Went on a six-fight losing streak, um, and then won the last fight of his career against Melvin Gillard and Rising 2018, and before Takanori Gomi. Oh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number four, I have a guy who's actually still fighting too. Uh, guy who I really enjoy had a great early career win over Rashad Evans that I feel like I bring up every episode, <laughs> but uh, has lost much fights since then. So I'm going with Sam Alvey in my four spot. Interesting. Okay. Oh. I mean, I don't think that's like a tank career. The dude was never. You do no. He beat Rashad Evans when Rashad Evans was still okay. He he at one point Sam Elvey was like twenty and six. Okay, I never. You know, I don't consider that. I'm um, speaking of Rashad Evans. Yeah, my number three My number three spot, Rashad Evans. <laughs> he just won a fight though. Okay, yeah, but like, <laughs> Eagle FC, right? Yeah. And he lost what like five fights in a row to end his yeah. UFC. You're right. You're right. All right, my, my last three are truly epic. Uh, my number three spot, Chuck Liddell. Okay. Uh, got knocked out uh, in his last four appearances. Got slept, stone cold slept. Knocked out cold in five of his last seven fights. Uh, and that run actually started with him having the title, which is crazy. So, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I always liked Chuck, but, uh, you know, didn't have a great end. And my number two spot. This is a fun one too. What's your, what's your number two spot? Um, number two spot, maybe my number one spot. My number two spot is one of the guys who I think is one of the most talented fighters during his sport. Um, you know, early UFC held titles in maybe two, three, three weight divisions, two weight divisions. You know what I'm talking about? Just two weight divisions. Yeah. Um, well, 155, 170. Uh, great fighter. Horrible end of his career. BJ Penn. Yeah. BJ Penn, my two spot as well. Eight fight winless uh, streak to end his career. Uh horrible, but I, I guarantee you don't have a good of number one as I do. Really? Who's your number one? I think this you're just uh this guy can be caught hanging upside down from chains. No, because like here's the thing, like he's won fights, bro. He's won fights. Yeah, but like the dude he has one actually fight. insane. Um he has one fights. He has one fights, but he also has taken a bunch of losses. And um, he's just a shell of his form. So um, I feel bad for the dude. He's definitely going to be one of those guys that has long-term lasting brain damage from the sport. Uh, Diego Sanchez. You know who's going to have long-term lasting brain damage from the sport? Who? My number one pick. Uh, formerly top five contender, a lightweight. Uh, was just recently making a headline because he was denied a license to compete in Florida for bare-knuckle fighting. Uh, because he's been winless in his last 14 combat sports contests with nine of those losses coming by knockout. Formerly top five contender in the lightweight division UFC, Melvin Gillard, 
in my number one spot. Has lost his last 14 fights and nine by knockout. That's funny. I didn't it's pretty horrible. That. Isn't that horrible? I mean, he, yeah, dude, I mean, so like he fight at 55 in the UFC. He's a big 55 pounder. You know what his last MMA fight was? What, like 205 or heavy? No, Israel Adesanya at 185. Jeez. He fought Israel Adesanya. That's <laughs> not a great matchup. That's horrible. <laughs> it was Israel Adesanya's last fight outside the UFC. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Another fun one. Uh, top five best post-fight interviews. Yeah. I mean, there are a million to pick from here. Yeah, there's so many good ones. Um, I went the uh, comedy route kind of. Um, there's sure. certainly a bunch of great post-fight interviews, retirement, Khabib's retirement. I went um, with funny ones, too. But my number five, um, I'm not sure who this was. I went after. This is one of the funniest guys in the history of the sport. Classic line, Chel Sonnen after winning the fight. Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. How is that not higher on your list? Huh? How's that not higher on your list? I don't know. Uh, Super Bowl weekend, the biggest rematch in UFC history. Um, I'm calling you out, Sylvia, Silva. <laughs> we're up in the stakes. I beat you. You leave the division. You beat me. I'll leave the UFC forever. And yeah, that's way higher up my list. Um, but anyway, my number five is uh, Frank Mir had a shoe up his ass, and I pulled it out, hit him over the head with it. Uh, that would be Brock Lesnar. Also, the little tidbit about Coors Light because Bud Light won't pay me. Uh, yeah. That's just just pure gold all around. Yeah. Classic Brock Yeah. First. You know, big, uh, big trash talkers in the game. All right, number four. Number four, um, maybe not the funniest line ever, but certainly had a great storyline in the game. Could be calling out Connor. I want to fight your chicken. Great. Uh, created one of the best storylines, you know, in the history of the sport with the, the bus thrown, the post-fight scrap, um, truly – that's when Khabib rose to stardom after he won that fight. So if in like 10 years it comes out that the UFC like manufactured the whole bus thing, would you be really surprised? I mean, the, their card got wrecked, no? <laughs> I mean, I just wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't Talk be like, take it, take it up with Michael Kiesa, dog. That's true. <laughs> You're right. All right. Uh, Nate Diaz is my number four spot. I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Okay. After he my, beat my number four or my number three spot is um brother in ABS. Were you ABS. at George? Yeah. Were you at George? <laughs> I don't think he injured. I don't think I think he's just scared. He's hiding from everybody. You don't want to fight nobody. Practically, yeah. Great line. Uh, Diaz brothers, just their delivery is all time classic. Comedic, comedic geniuses. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, number three, I actually have a recent one, somewhat controversial. Not saying that I support what dude said. But I just think that the moment was so incredible. I mean, dude's sitting there with a mangled leg, and Joe Rogan's just la- sitting there interviewing him, and he's yelling oh. at Justin Poirier, "Your wife sent me DMs, DMs. <laughs> and baby." I mean, like, not classy at all, but like, you know, just a, like, mean. a crazy moment in the sport. I saw some meme today. Conor McGregor was like, "I'm cocky in my trash talking. I'm confident in my fighting, but I'm always humble in victory." Or defeat, and then it just cuts him. Your wife is in me DMs, <laughs> hey baby. I mean, dude, yeah. Say what you will about Connor, though, but he knows how to spit a lot. That is true. That's why he's in my. He's just like also time. so false, though. Like what? He's in my two. Well, so he sent a screenshot of uh, Justin Poirier's wife in his DMs, but they were probably just talking about charity stuff. Like he yeah. didn't send the actual message. He just sent like Joe, like Jody Poirier, like the, yeah. the screen name, you know. 
Uh, all right, my number two spot is Connor as well, though. Uh, apologize to absolutely nobody. One of the most iconic lines in UFC history. Uh, where he got the second belt. Uh, double champ does what the fuck he wants. Absolutely, and I think that's uh, you know definitely deserves uh, the annals of the sport. I actually don't even have Connor on my list. Um, wow, man. Yeah, my number two spot uh, was a little Jeez, bit low on your list. I mean, you kind of do. This is a uh, kind of. You can make a whole Connor list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I also saw oh, one more. I saw some Connor uh, line that I'd never seen before. It was during uh, some small presser, I think. And the, the question was like, what are you going to do in Brazil after you beat Jose Aldo? And he goes, I want to turn Jose Aldo's favela into a Reebok sweatshop. Oh, my God. Have you ever, have you ever heard that before? Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's like, I'm surprised I've never heard that. So one. Of I don't think the right. people would let that on here, though. Anyway. Number two. Um, my number two spot, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Yeah. Number one I was when you had up there, that Chael. Saying Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. Yeah. So you definitely missed this one. Um, my number one spot. My balls was hot. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> I just think that the, the, the gravity behind what Chael said was just too big to not be in the number one spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's some – like, you were talking about Connor, like, getting asked questions at a presser. I, I finally managed to like dig up this footage I've been looking for where like uh like DC was on Good Morning New York where like the the like the people who were asking questions clearly didn't know like anything about MMA. So like they're like, oh yeah, your nickname is DC. What does that stand for? <laughs> That's <laughs> so <funny. laughs> uh oh you're the light heavyweight champ. Would you ever consider fighting at heavyweight? I am also the heavyweight champ. <laughs> Just great interviews. Like, like if you could dig it, it's really hard to find. They've kind of erased it from the internet. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm surprised I never heard that like Reebok oh thing because that's a, that's a good line. Yeah. Or the right. Eddie Alvarez goes, "I want an apology for my wife and kids," and he goes, "Soak my big Irish bowls." <laughs> All right, uh, we can talk about the Tyson Fury versus Dillian White thing. I think that's the most important thing we have here. Uh, Big Ten's going on this weekend. A lot of cool stuff happening with that, but I figure we'll get more into that next week after it's over. Uh, Tyson Fury saying that Dillian White will be his last fight. Uh, what do you make of this? Um, I don't believe him. <laughs> he's making $30 million. He says he's yeah, retired. Um, I mean, it may be his last. I, I honestly see somewhere down the line him versus Francis Ngannou happening. Yeah, I do too, actually. He said, well, he said that in an interview. He said it with Ariel. He said, I'm going to retire from boxing, and then I'm going to do a special exhibition with Francis in a cage in Raiders Stadium with four-ounce gloves, but boxing rules. Hmm. Shut up. Not really. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, with the four-ounce gloves. Yeah, they'd have to self-promote it and whatever, but we'll see what Francis actually does. All right. Uh, now we got just our bets of the week because we didn't have any questions. We actually kind of flew through this episode, but. I'm starving, so <laughs> we don't fly. I mean, what's it in about an hour now? Yeah, yeah. We're, well, we got through two cards of recap in an hour, so all right. We actually got. A, I think Charlie actually called me and like had me help him with his picks. So we'll uh, we'll see what he where he went with you that. Got, one. You got one pick for me. You help me with one. Pick. Right, so where where what are your picks this week? Um, I got Hanato Moicano to win one Ooh. unit of uh, plus okay. one sixty. Not really great odds, to be honest. Pretty bad or pretty bad pick. Uh, to really just have much time, but I really do think he's going to win. Um, 
it's going to be a great fight, too. Two scrappers. And then uh, I got Jorge Masvidal by KO, 0.5 units plus, at plus 400. Wow. Not a bad bet. Even though, you know, I don't think, you know, he's going to win. I think there's definitely a – I think plus whatever, plus 400 is good odds for him by KO. Um, and then I also have 0.5 units, RDA versus Mato Makano to go the distance. And would you say the odds are for that? That's good money. Even money, you suggested that to me. Yeah, I put a whole unit on that one just because I figured, like, that's probably what's going to happen. As <laughs> you get finished, like, ever. So, I mean, even, like, RDA, you know, he's been in there with, like, the greats and, like, you know, Leon Edwards, fucking Colby, like, everyone. Nobody really finished him. So, uh, I put a unit there. Bryce Mitchell, submission in under two and a half rounds. Even though I didn't pick that, I think it's likely. Uh, and a good good bet at plus 250. Uh I think it's a good spot. I have a happy unit there. Masvidal and Covington to go the distance at even money. Uh, I think it's very likely that it does. Yeah, I agree. It's a good bet. Uh, and then that's a quarter unit. And then Hardy versus Spivak for some reason to be finished in less than two and a half minutes was plus 450, which is just stealing money, I feel like. Yeah, I think that should be like <laughs> even hot. Yeah. I mean, I none of these guys ever fight past the first round, but whatever. Especially Greg Hardy. Yeah, Greg Hardy's just a slinging and banging. All right. Well, that's our episode for the week. I'm going to order some Cuban food. I imagine Charlie's going to study. Uh, but we're going to keep plugging and chugging, hopefully get some on-time content out to you next week. Yeah. Peace, gentlemen. Go Masvidal. Go Masvidal. <laughs>